Hey guys, this is Ambrose from Sky Squids. Before our episode starts, we want to let our listeners know that the episodes on Sky Squids podcast may at times cover sensitive topics, including but not limited to suicide, abuse, violence, severe mental illnesses, sex, drugs, alcohol addiction, psychedelics, and the use of plant medicines. You are advised to refrain from listening to the podcast if you're likely to be offended or adversely impacted by any of these topics. By listening to the podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical mental health conditions in yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your physician for any medical mental health issues that you may have. If you need additional resources, you can go to NAMI.org, or if you are feeling suicidal or know someone who is, contact the National Suicide Prevention Line at one 800 273 8255. Here at Sky Squids, we do take mental health very seriously. We want everyone to be safe. And if this episode may trigger you by the title alone, please skip this episode. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the love. And we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to Sky Squids. We are here with therapist Amy. My name is Ambrose Ayala. I'm your host. It's your boy Black Zeus Fit, no AKAs today. <laughs> this is Therapist Amy. How y'all doing today? And we're going to be talking about addiction. Um, we talked a little bit about it before. We're just going to get into more of the, I guess, more serious. The chemicals. Yeah. Chemicals is yep. what we're talking about today. Uh, before we get into that, uh, we're going to do our so game that we always do. And I'm going to go first this time. Okay. okay. Who are you picking? It depends on the question. Ooh. <laughs> Keep it. Okay, here we go. Oh, okay. This is, I like this one. This is for Marlon. Oh, ah. shit. Who and what should you never be trapped with inside an elevator? Who, who and what? I'll, I'll read it again. <laughs> who and what should you never be trapped with inside an elevator? Shit, I'm thinking like a murderer and a and a and a, and a weapon. Because <laughs> you ain't got nowhere to go. You got to fight that bad boy you out. Must have saw that movie on Hulu. <laughs> oh, uh, elevator. Yeah, yeah. they get stuck in there. Like, uh, uh-uh. no nah, man, no nah, man. She gets nah, stuck inside the elevator with the man. You see? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't I seen the movie, it. but I saw the oh, the trailer. I'm not gonna tell you what happened. It's crazy. Yeah, no. I can't tell you anything without telling you the whole movie. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one scene. The whole movie. That was no, a no, 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 no. I, I haven't seen right it. Into it. I'm like, what? I haven't seen it. <laughs> you haven't seen it? No, no. I saw the trailer for oh, it. And I was just, man, and so I haven't just, but no, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen nothing. You're right, not. God, he slammed that. I know. He slammed that. Aggression was over so fast. I should have picked a different one. Aggressive. <laughs> All right. Uh oh. <laughs> You're looking at me. <laughs> Do it. Uh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go Ambrose. I'm oh go Ambrose. my god, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm gonna go Ambrose. All right, imagine your daily routine had been turned into a reality show. Which parts would be the most talked about? Oh my god, Ooh. probably the amount of things I do to get ready for a guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like to my, be continued. Right. right. Like in the beginning of the episode, I'm like in the bathroom doing my morning routine. 
But no, everybody always tells me, everybody that I've dated and, and even Andre, they're like, why do you do all that stuff in the bathroom? Like, it always takes you so long to get ready for the day. And then it takes you so long to get ready at night. And I'm like, I have to stay looking nice. <laughs> I mean, sure. It's maintenance and it works. So, yeah, I just have a really. So that and probably. um I'm just my uh, throughout the day, right. the craziness that happens every single day around here, and I'm trying to juggle it all really. So, probably Your dogs would like Jiggy and Gigi yeah. running around. Oh my god, yeah, they would get a lot of airtime. People would, oh, they in love yeah. with Gigi, yeah. especially. Yeah, she's our favorite. Okay, she's my favorite. Jiggy is what's <laughs> wrong with I'm gonna tell Jiggy what you said. <laughs> as long as he doesn't pee on my leg, we're fine. He is, he and probably he, will too, and he will. <laughs> But shout out uh, whoever wants to put me on a reality show. <laughs> He's taking applications. Oh, my right, God. Right. I got to pick. Y'all can't tell me what to do. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. All right. You should go do a circle. I don't want to do that. I've never seen it, but I heard it's, it's, is I heard it's entertaining. Is this a dating one? No, they just take random people and they give them a room. And then you have to become basically like a social media influencer just using the stuff that you have access to in the room. Oh, okay. And it's a competition. And then they vote people out as they go. So then it's just like you're basically fighting for coolness. And then mm-hmm. like, that's my gist. I've never seen the show, but that's the gist of what I, I feel like it is. Just sit in the room and be like, what up? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it could work though. They're going to X-Amy up. <laughs> and later... <laughs> All right, so, so I'm going to ask. No, you're the ask. No, but, yeah, but nobody's asked me a question. Oh, oh yeah, so you got to ask <laughs> Pick a different one. I don't like that face. <laughs> I was reading it. Oh. <laughs> okay, it's actually a really good question. What's something about your life now that you would miss when you're 80? Ooh. Ooh. Kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> My hip bone, right. <laughs> my I'm, joints. I'm I'm really hoping that I like I love that I am such a free spirit and I love just taking random road trips and just doing random things, and I'm really hoping that that's one thing I actually continue on mm. as I get older. So I think if I lost that, that would be the one thing I would really miss because I really do feel like a kid sometimes. Like even driving here, I'm cranking the tunes. Hair's blowing in the wind, just driving, singing, having a good time. And it, I don't want to lose that. So I think if I lost that, that would be incredibly sad for me. So mobility. <laughs> right? Knee. A.K.A. Knee. kneecaps. I can't, I can't make it to the bar for my road trip. <laughs> you imagine That's going to uh, Amy's house and she got that the thing on the stairs where you got to sit down. It's like, That's what I was going to say. She's going to get a, a, a hover around. Oh, my now God. I can see the world. I cannot. <laughs> that old lady. Now I went to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> That's going to be Amy. They're going to refilm it. Oh, wow. <laughs> but what scares me is like, y'all are driving up to the Grand Canyon in this hover round. What if your hover round malfunctions and it like goes, goes over, over the edge? edge. Wow. I would never. What kind of movies are you watching? I would just be scared of Final that. Destination. I'm, like, I'm not getting right. too close. I'm 80 years old. I'm not getting too close to that. <laughs> I watched Final Destination one time and I was I was like literally safety and up everything. Yeah. Like, I did that too. I was like. I'm not driving by no 18 wheelers. I'm not doing over the speed well, limit. Well, especially in my bathroom because the floor is like so slippery. I was oh like, my God. Oh, yeah. no. Every time I like tiptoe, I'm like, okay, let me dry my foot off before I get out. <laughs> ah, that yeah. would be hysterical. I make it to the next rug area. 
Get a big, throw some rugs in there. Get a big old throw rug. Yeah, I'm going to do something different with my bathroom, I think. Just pick it. I'm waiting for my little crystal. I wouldn't expect him to pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> he just always, every time I edit these episodes, there's always a little... Or something from him. Sure like, oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Some of them would be for him. He'd just be blaming it on me. You Some didn't of them hear the you. trailer? You talking about. Okay, oh, yeah, that was it. my diet coke. I didn't fart. It was, though. Oh, my God. Sometimes I'll be forgetting. I'll be forgetting. These mics be picking up everything. I'm right. Like, you know. So, today. Sip off camera. Right. Let's get back. Let's get we're into right, it, guys. We're going to get into therapy mode here. Yes, we're. we're so, addiction, there's so much to. To talk about there's so much to say <laughs> like, it, it is though it is and um, you know it looks like try, water right <laughs> to try to keep it lighthearted and to not you know go into too much detail because it, it really is triggering for a lot of people i mean there's a lot of movies out there now there's a lot of shows <clears throat> there's books and anybody that has a, an addiction to any kind of chemical when you see those things it re-triggers all of your stuff so sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Depends on the setting that you're in. That's why I think in rehab, a lot of times people get really upset and really intense because it's like, I'm getting triggered, I'm getting triggered. Right, but you're in rehab. This is the place to get triggered. This is the place so that we can get those things out and figure out how to cope with the triggers. Like That's one of the biggest things is how do we cope with that? Because coping and having the you know ability to be able to you know okay i'm triggered now i this is from watching something that like triggered me from substances because it's going to be there Mm -hmm. it's going to be there it's in our environment it's it's in our society so it's and sometimes it's in your family yeah like everywhere like absolutely um, me personally i have a lot of family unfortunately they have drug addictions and I've seen it from growing up all the way up mm-hmm. until now, and it's and you know you love these people, you want these people to get better and do better, but at the same time, it's you know you're you can't be around them either. Right. At some point, you decide. I've decided. You know, I just can't do it. Well, and and a lot of it is as somebody who because I mean you're they call it an affected other mm-hmm. because you've been affected by it. I'm, you know, a child of, I'm an adult child of alcoholics. I'm an adult child of an addict. Um, I'm an adult, you know, because we grow up with it. So if you grow up with it, you're an adult child. And the reason why I say that is because when you get triggered about anything about substances from like your childhood, we go into that childlike state. It doesn't mean like we're covering in the corner or anything, but I mean, our mentality goes back to that and all those feelings come rushing forward because it's scary when you see, you know, I have clients that have seen parents falling down drunk, throwing up, and they don't know what's going on. They just know mommy or daddy's sick. So it's a lot of trying to figure it all out, especially with family. Family's hard. That's why Al-Anon is really good. I like Al-Anon a lot for that. What's that? Um, it's so, it's for anybody, I can't remember the name of the acronym, sorry everybody out there, but um, it's for anybody that goes, that has been an affected other. You can go to groups, it's kind of like AA group, but for people who are affected. So like if you're, uh, you know, if you're a spouse, if you are a sister or brother, it doesn't matter, you can go to these meetings and you're with everybody that's around you that is, has gone through the same thing. 
so that you can understand you're not alone because when you're in it, you feel alone. So, and I can't remember, I know it's alcoholic, something, 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 but I can't remember the, I can't remember, I'm sorry. I don't know they had a group for that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I found it here, but I just don't see the acronym. Oh, no. I think it's just called Al-Anon. I'm not sure if there's mm-hmm. another. But it's just, you know, it, it, it just like N.A. for Narcotics Anonymous, A.A. I mean, they have them for all different kinds. It just depends on what you're looking for for your substances. You know, and I mean, there's a lot of stigma. If you go to AA, you can't be, you have to be an alcoholic because if you're an old school AA member, you tend to get irritated with people that are doing other substances because you're here for alcohol. You're here for your addiction with alcohol. And sometimes people cannot go, let me phrase that, choose not to go to the NA meetings because if they do, they're going to bump into people they used to do drugs with. Mm -hmm. So they'd rather go to an AA meeting where... Well, if, you know, people are drinking and they're not doing drugs and that was their addiction, then I'm not going to get triggered in this environment where I'm in a group and then I leave and then I'm on my own. Yeah. So, I mean, there's So they'd be getting salty about that, though? It depends. It depends. It's kind of like, you know, it... it, I just find that weird because it's like, okay, so like, because my, well, my only experience with any type of group therapy... As, I guess is what they call that, mm-hmm. right? Well, it's a support group. It's oh, not, support yeah, group. Yeah, it's not group therapy. Okay. It's a support group. So this is, use the right pronouns. Yes. yes. Um, so my only experience with that is obviously seeing it on TV or movies or mm-hmm. something like that. So I just feel like it's a very shared space in a sense of everyone's going to get their time to talk. Or everyone's mm-hmm. going to get their space to speak on their topic or their struggles so i find that kind of weird that the aas would be the alcoholic you know anonymous groups would be kind of like oh you shouldn't bring your struggle here because i feel like i mean you're still going to be able to talk about your alcohol addiction but i feel like there's they're going to have a lot of shared experiences in a sense of i struggle when i get into these situations or i struggle around these people or well there's commonalities yeah there should be a lot of common right right and so but again that is if you're in a very small town you're you know that mentality of no this is for alcoholics only this is for drugs only this is for that only in the bigger cities you see everybody going everywhere right right right. so which is amazing wherever you can get help And, and my thing is go anywhere you know, I have clients that will say, you know, I will stand up and say I'm an alcoholic, even though I'm not, because I, my drug of choice isn't really welcome there. Oh. So, and they don't want to be stigmatized. Right. So if you're in a room full of recovering alcoholics, then, you know, it's not, you're not being stigmatized as a drug user. So wait a minute. If the drug addicts are going in there saying they're alcoholics, are the alcoholics going to drug meetings, like vice versa, saying that they're hooked on a drug? I've never really heard of that, so I don't know. Mm. I just know from my I just wonder if there's like a double standard. Yeah, it's like vice versa, but y'all doing it. Right. So I really don't know. I mean, to be honest, I don't know, Mm. because this is just all based off of information that my clients have come back and given me Mm. about the meetings. Mm. You know, and, and my thing is I love AA, I love NA. My struggle is, is that I struggle personally with when people are like, hi, my name is Amy, I'm an alcoholic. 
I'm like, but wait a minute, you're in recovery. When you were using substances, your personality changes, our chemical makeup changes, we change. Mm -hmm. So when you're sober or you're recovering, you are a different person than when you're using. So I personally get stressed out by when people tell me, well, I'm a drug addict. I'm like, well, you're a person that was addicted to drugs. And that's, that's fair. Because that's just like me saying, oh, hey, you know, I have diabetes, so I'm a diabetic. Well, you're a person that has diabetes. It's not you as a person. You have not become your diagnosis. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I get challenged from that. So, I mean, it goes for anything, you know, and... So, I mean, when people are like, hi, my name's Amy, I'm an alcoholic, my train of thought is it's part of who you are. And I'm glad that you've yeah. given over that power and you understand that you are powerless to the chemicals, but that's not who you are as a person. And I, that just... I feel like that's damaging too, though. Like, I talk to like, I listen to like a lot of uh, TED Talks mm -hmm. and they talk about like psychology and the subconscious and how you, you can mentally like control your perspective and your response to a lot of things because it starts with your perception in your mind. So they talk about how you can do meditation. They talk about mantras and affirmations and different things and how they actually can actually change your mental like chemistry, mm -hmm. not maybe on a chemical level, but like in a sense of your brain will start to respond to things differently through like these different techniques. But I feel like it's kind of counterproductive for someone to be like, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. My Hi, my name is Marlon. I'm an alcoholic. It's almost like you're speaking back into existence or you're almost keeping yourself there. Whereas like, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like you're telling yourself that you're still an alcoholic, whereas you could be telling yourself like, I don't know. Hi, my name is Marlon and I've recovered from, you know, right. being alcoholic or hi, my name is Marlon and I'm not going to drink alcohol today or hi, my name is Marlon. I am three years sober. Right. I'm three years sober. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Right. right. See that I can handle that. I feel it's like would be more productive. Yeah. But it, on, you know, play devil, devil's advocate on the other side of that. It is part of their mantra that mm. you recognize and you own it. So I do get, you okay. know, I do get the owning I'm an alcoholic or I'm a drug addict. Like, you know, I do get owning it. Right, right, right. So, I mean, on the on the other side of that, I do see why it's important for that. You know, you could be in sobriety for 20 years and, you know, I'm in recovery and I think that's great. And then they're like, but I'm an alcoholic because I know if I go to if I go, if I even try to drink, I know right where I'm going to go back to. Right. So in their head, it kind of relates them to their substance of use. You know what I mean? So that they don't give them that accountability of right. like, I have to work on this. Right. It's my like. Right. So I see both sides okay. of it. It okay. just stresses me out personally because yeah. I'm like, I want us to move forward. You know, I, I think. One of the things that I was told in my supervision is, is that I struggle with people that have that are stuck and I've been working with for a while and they're struggling to move forward. And I'm like, come on, you can do it. You know, and I'm trying to be a cheerleader. I'm trying to do emotional um, motivational interviewing where like you're trying to get them to see where they need change and to motivate mm. them to change. And the struggle I have is, is that if they're doing the same thing over and over and over again, I'm having the same conversation week after week that there's no progress. And, you know, my supervisor pulled me back on that and said, wait a minute, there is progress. If somebody's saying, 
I answered my phone when you called today. Mm. I took a shower today. That's progress for some people. You know, and that I, it, it hit hard because I didn't think about that. Just like with not using, I did an hour without a drink. That's yeah. huge. You know, I, I did an hour without my drug of choice. I, that's huge. And so I have to remember that when I'm working with people because I'm like, I'm so solution focused. Like, let's go. Let's figure out the problems. Let's figure out, the, you know, how to solve them. Let's work together. Because my whole train of thought is as a mental health substance abuse counselor, I am there to give you the puzzle pieces and help you figure out how to put your puzzle back together. Right. So to use, you know, when people are talking about their chemical addiction, I get really, really stressed out when they're like, well, I'm an addict. What do you expect? I'm an addict. I'm like, but no, but you're not. That's not who you are right. as a whole. That's part of who you are. Do you think that that means that they haven't accepted their recovery in a way because they keep calling themselves that? Because if you're recovering, you know, you shouldn't be referring to yourself as that. Yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, it depends on the person. It depends mm -hmm. on how far they are in their recovery. You know, my my whole analogy to it is, is that if you think of over a door, okay, the shoe, the shoe racks that go over the door and hang over the door, okay, every single piece, every single pair of shoes you put in is a, is a either part of your physical health, part of your mental health, part of your social health. So meaning I play a daughter role. I play a sister role. I play this role. I play that role. I also play a patient when I go to the doctors. I play this when I go here. I play that. So me as an addict, I play that role when I go to AA meetings because that's mm -hmm. who I am when I'm there. But you as a whole are your whole shoe rack. And I think sometimes people get caught in wearing the same pair of shoes and they're so worn out that they're, they're, they feel like, okay, well, I can't do anything else. I'm stuck. Right. So it's trying to get people to understand different sides of themselves, that there's more to them than their addiction. There's more to them than their mental health. There's more to them than their physical health. You know, a lot of times chronic pain clients, it's working with them on how to be in the now. And it's really hard because a lot of them will just give me a pill so that I feel better. But yet that pill can be addicting. Because all Ooh. those pain pills are addicting. Mm -hmm. you seen, have you seen the documentary Oxycontin on Oxycontin? Oh, yes. That's, oh, the yes. One, that's what, that's what oh. I'm saying. It's a, right now, Oxycontin is really bad. Well, I mean, yes too. and no. I mean, it depends on wh where you are. I think in different parts of the United States have different drugs of choice mm. that are higher than the other. Yeah, so they were targeting like the blue collar areas. So like miners and railroad and like people that are going to have a bunch of minute Injuries that they're probably living with, because I know that was like their target areas in that documentary, mm -hmm. and they were they were getting them hooked like overnight. And then if your doctor, because doctors now aren't supposed to prescribe it after a certain amount of time, mm -hmm. so oh wait, hold where on, where are you going with it? You know, if you're addicted, where are you gonna go? Let me tell you something. I found out about doctors. Mm -hmm. Okay, so well, oxycontin kind of blew lid on this, but they get incentivized to push certain drugs if, mm -hmm. if they have like a private practice or whatever but I think I read somewhere like the number one call or I'm sorry the number three one of the top five causes of death is doctors misprescribing uh, patients uh, uh, drugs 
Not like there's not like misprescribing like you have cancer and then they give you like they <laughs> right. they give you a something that ain't that does yeah that does nothing to cancer but like you're on let's say four or five different meds right and they pre- prescribe you something that causes a reaction in your body that kills you right and that's like one of the top five killers in the United what? States yeah and I'm sitting here thinking like is there not like I mean we got all these restrictions on. Uh, getting your drugs, like when you go to the pharmacy and like all that stuff, but like, there's not no like flag, there's no like cross reference system that when you go into the drug or if you get prescribed something, because they have a like, because everybody typically like they go to Walgreens, right? right? You would think in Walgreens, like say you're on drug A, B, C, D, and you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, okay, dang, based on what's going on, you need to take drug E. When the doctor sends it to the pharmacy. Shouldn't a pharmacy have some type of system in place that says like, oh, no, no, no. If this person takes E and they're already taking B and D, they're going to have a bad reaction. So we need this prescription to be redone. Like, why is there no system? So, there, but there, there is. is. But the problem with it is, is that if you go to a different pharmacies, the pharmacies aren't connected. CVS isn't connected to Walgreens. But it's but also what I'm saying. Like, like, oh, so there's no like centralized filter that says, ah, uh-uh, no, can't do that. I mean, like if I get a medication or something, then I'll go on uh, WebMD and oh, the infamous. see what they, how they, there's a thing you can put in your medication and you can put the other medication. And it'll tell you if it's going <clears> to <throat> counter, counteract with those medications. But no, what I I'm mean, saying is, it's like do that. Um, something like I, I put it like this: like if I'm trusting my doctor to give me some drugs, I'm trusting that he's looking out for my best interest, right? right? So I'm saying that like if doctors are misprescribing, I'm not even going to say misprescribing because I do think that these doctors are prescribing based on their best intent, mm-hmm. right? But if they're not doing the due diligence in the hospital, if they're not doing the due diligence at the pharmacy, right. then something needs to be put in place that's centralized that all prescriptions need to go through this filtering system that says like, all right, anything that you're prescribed, whether you're getting it at CVS, whether you're getting it at Walgreens, whether you're getting it at Joe Blows down the street, right. it first needs to go through this database so it can pre-screen whether or not you taking this drug could potentially cause something bad to happen if it passes that screening then it can go to whatever pharmacy you want to pick it up from because they know that's going to be safe versus oh i'm going to get this one from cvs because it's cheaper over here then i'm going to get a different drug from over here walgreens because it's cheaper over here now you're taking 10 different things and you don't know if it's going to eventually like right shut so your are liver you down saying that this is like uh like they're getting the same medication from different pharmacies they could be getting that they could be getting well they could be getting the medication from different pharmacies they could be getting the medication through different doctors because what happens is you're you're so first of all your doctor's supposed to tell you right he, what right. medications are you on right but then, doesn't mean that you remember everyone right you don't want to know everything so if you go to your doctor's <coughs> office and say you have um you also have a gastro doctor you also have an neuro doctor right and you don't remember i know i'm taking something but i don't remember what it is and the doctor's like okay what meds are you on you're like uh nothing honestly you know that's I mean? your responsibility when it comes down to it too because if i take something every single time the doctor prescribes me something i'll go online and make sure it's not going to mess with me personally and then it comes with all those documents and it tells you what the drug is going to do to you so it's your responsibility to look at that stuff and i know oh that. bullshit so there's also yeah. 
no, no, no. So the EMRs, the electronic medical records that every place has, they are starting to now connect them because I know like um, Baylor gets connected to Parkland and if you have to sign a waiver, of course, mm-hmm. but that way then they can see what you've been prescribed at Baylor versus what you're prescribed there. So they're starting to do that. I mean, it's been in the last five years. They're starting to like really catch on to that. Mm-hmm. And like, I know the clinic that I worked at, they would e-script in and the pharmacy would call and say, hey, listen, they're also getting this from there. But what I'm saying the is, reason, so like, if this the, is the only reason I say I, I just I don't go that route is because we get so like say you're on drugs, you're on these drugs, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go to the doctor and you give prescribe this new drug, right? Mm-hmm. They don't do pre-screenings on new drugs and how they affect with every drug that's on the market. Mm-hmm. So put like this, you could get a drug, prime example, how many times has a pharmaceutical drug been recalled after it's been on the market for a year? Because they didn't know what was going to happen. Right. So you could go on WebMD when you very first get on this drug and WebMD will say, oh, it's totally fine. You're not going to have any issues, right. right? But then six months later on down the road, they find some abnormality and now it's not good, right? But you're going, but you're going off of six months of your initial data. Mm-hmm. So now you don't know. So you're just going to get your prescription, going to get your prescription. Well, yeah, I don't think so then you're going to be screwed because then it's like, all right. I don't, that's so that's now your like taking out. the medication. And that's why um, there is kind of like a list because when I, uh, I had a really bad cough and I asked the doctor because I was taking cough medicine already yeah, yeah. and it wasn't working. I said, I need um, coding, you know? Oh, yeah. That knocked it out quick. And he was, and I said, I can't take this cough anymore. So he prescribed the coding to me, right? But it was a very small amount, only enough for what he thought would make right. me better. But also, I was flagged. So there is a flag on those heavy narcotics mm-hmm. and medications that they say you cannot. So if you get it from that one place, yeah. you can't go to another pharmacy. They know it's flagged in the system. Oh, it's flagged all the way across yeah, the system. Like, the no, he already got his codeine. Right. Okay. So okay. there's doctor shopping for pain meds. There's doctor shopping. That's exactly what it is. If the <laughs> okay. doctors are, are writing. So I'll go to one doctor that I know. Hey, my friend, uh, tell me, hey, go go to this doctor and, and they'll give you coding. They'll give you a whole bottle and then go to this other doctor and get a whole nother bottle. And these are bad doctors that are writing these prescriptions. I mean, I can see that too. I can see that too. So, I mean, there's ju- there's just so much with the industry in itself that I could go on a soapbox. But uh, my hours, whole but... thing is like, do you... Uh, Okay, so for you, if a doctor prescribes you something, right, they tell you what the list is that that Well, I'm black. We don't go to the doctor. (laughs) I'm kidding. Go. go. We're going to spray Windex on it. (laughs) Rub some dirt on it and drink some whiskey. You'll be all right. If the doctor prescribed you something, because I go to the doctor, if I get sick or something, I go to the doctor, he gives me a Z-Pack or whatever the case may be. I look it up. Like, it's my responsibility. Yes, it's the doctor's responsibility, but for Yeah, but you're not a pharmacist. Right? Yeah, but and WebMD is ask, not. But WebMD is not credible. No, but the pharmacist even asks you when you pick up your medicine: Have you started taking any new medications? What are your medications? These are the ones that we have in the pharmacy that you're taking. Are you still taking these? And you say yes or no. I'm not taking those anymore because it on their list it can counteract right. So they're in that one pharmacy, but. Right. 
Honestly, if I went to another pharmacy, I would say, hey, I'm on these medications because I want to make sure. That's why they always say, do you want to talk to the pharmacist? Because they have to tell you about this drug. It's your boy, Black Zeus. Thank you for listening to part one of today's episode. Please continue listening. Part two is up next.